Big Finish for the love of stories. You're listening to the Big Finish podcast. Release date Sunday the 14th of May 2023. Hello? Anyone home? Hello. Who's there? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to startle you. Welcome to Haven. I am the Medbay Operational Mainframe. You can call me Mom. Can I indeed? Good day to you! I'm still Benji Clifford, he's Nick Briggs, this is Big Finish, audiobooks, audio drama and this podcast, all for the love of stories. Coming up in a moment, I'll be telling Benji about my convention experiences at the uh, old BBC training complex, Wood Norton Plus. Where did that come from? What? (laughs) It's such an obscure thing. Carry on, sorry. (laughs) Plus special guest, Jonathan Carley, better known to you all as our war doctor, will be popping in. In fact, he's already popped. Hello, Jonathan. Hello, everyone. Yeah, there he is. I can only there assume you brought me on to talk more about the doors in the Day of the Daleks. Yes, oh, I, I hope so. We a will, few weeks ago. We'll have to touch on that. I mean, we Definitely. can't not. But we're, we're doing the, the fast intro, and I've been told off for talking too much here. So, <laughs> then sadly, Jonathan will be popping off to work. Oh. So, after that, it'll be time for the Good Review Guide, known to some as the Good Review Guy. Reviewing guy. the reviews of the eighth Doctor Adventures, Stranded Four. He's a curator. Helen saw him a few more times than me. He's a very strange man. Then we go behind the scenes with Jonathan's latest War Doctor Begins adventures with us, Comrades in Arms, and a story called A Mother's Love by Nogaflation, released this Tuesday, the 16th of May. Hello, my name is Nogaflation. I'm a writer and a producer, and I wrote the episode A Mother's Love. Following that, it'll be time for listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. Just the click of a computer mouse, we will reveal your inner thoughts via the internet. In our also available segment this week, the resurrection of Russell T. Davis's first ever television production on audio, Dark Season. Very exciting. We go behind the scenes with producer-director Scott Hancock together with star Kate Winslet and creator Russell T. Davis. I know! Out this Thursday, the 18th of May, folks. Well, I am Kate Winslet and I play Reet. <laughs> In Dark Season, written by Russell T. Davis. What can follow Kate Winslet? <laughs> Um, well, we'll try our best with the Randomoid Selectatron, which will once again be delivering a random release with a 25% discount beautifully attached to it by Big Finish content manager Jackie Emery. The Selectatron remains inactive at the moment, but when we fire it up, it'll be delivering something like this. <laughs> And finally, as always, we round off the podcast with a free 15-minute drama tease. And this week, it's The War Doctor Begins, A Mother's Love by Nogaflation and starring Jonathan Carley. Scan completed. Welcome to Haven, Doctor. No, that's not my name. Refreshments will be served shortly. If you wouldn't mind following the lit path. As you wish. That's me. Hello, Jonathan. Hello. <laughs> oh, it's great to have you. I, I should. Could you tell the listeners when you heard about being on this podcast? Uh, about two hours ago. <laughs> what were you doing two hours ago? Uh, well, I think I was still in bed. Well, I'd just woken up. Um, Are you not in ch- bed now? No, no, I'm not in bed now. I can, can I can that. confirm that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was. I was. I've, I'm working this afternoon, but fortunately, it's a very late call time it's in the it's in the pm so i thought okay i'll treat myself because earlier in the week i was up at, at at five so i've earned it 
Um, and yeah, just the email popped in through Nick and thought, oh, okay, what are we looking at? Oh, podcast uh, in yeah, not not tomorrow, not next week, in uh, at eleven o'clock. So, <laughs> I'm but, so uh, sorry. I did. Oh, no, I, was, I meant to, I meant to uh, email you much earlier in the week. I feel it's very on brand for the podcast. Actually, I don't. I don't think it. We. It could be any other way. It's just. No. It's just how we operate here. Chaos. But, uh, but fortunately, we're able to work it all out and, and squeeze me in, just nice and comfortably. <laughs> okay, that just all sounding really weird. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> um, just before we started, and also actually uh, in the interviews for the War Doctor Begins, we were talking about uh, well, you were talking about technology. And yes. how, how you feel? How also? Uh, spoiler alert! You're you're dismayed at how um, washing machines have got Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it took me a moment to really. Well, I say it took me a moment. It was only after I recorded that interview what I was just in the sentence what I was trying to say, which is basically technology today is kind of become about solving problems that don't exist or inventing problems that don't exist mm -hmm. to solve them and that's where I think I'm starting to get that disconnect now because I'm only 31 but already I'm starting to feel like it's running away from us a little bit like um, you know with phones now it's uh, it's not enough to just have a camera on your phone you need to have three cameras all at once <laughs> and all this other stuff and it's like well, did you miss this before not really but now it's there you kind of think yeah Apparently, I do want that with the appropriate fee attached. But it, exactly. <laughs> but the thing is, well, what I'm witnessing here, looking at you two 31 year olds, and I'm 61, okay? <laughs> oh, it pains me to say it. Um, I'm looking at you both realizing that you're not young anymore this is this mm -hmm. is the time when it started it's quite it's quite a painful process and you you'll be in denial about it until you're about 45 in my experience oh, i'm not in any way in denial about it i know i am <laughs> i'm aging like milk <laughs> <laughs> although quite frankly i still behave like i'm about 14 but uh, it is a it's an interesting um process of looking at the world around you and thinking why has it gone this way but i bet do you remember benji when i found a go i think it was jamie anderson gave me a quote about uh talking about the younger generation and what was wrong with them and jamie said would you agree with this and i said yeah yeah i think so and he said yeah this was written this comes from ancient greece <laughs> you know so it was ever thus we just all generations say the same things about new developments, about the previous generation, about the youngest generation. We all, human behavior seems to be trapped in a, in a cycle. Mm. I, think there's, I think there's an element as well um, in that I, I think that we are the last, what I would call the tactile generation, oh, in sad. the sense that yeah. like, like, like there were, you know, things were activated with buttons and knobs and things are much more analog whereas mm -hmm. now you know we i do think we this is the first time now in in history quite frankly where things have changed so radically in a different way you know we're interacting we're spending money now on things that don't physically exist which has never happened before you know we're paying for for monthly subscriptions for mm -hmm. things on our phones pay and forever and own nothing uh, yeah, well, yeah yeah actually that's you cool. know that's a good with, phrase there's this whole thing about like nfts you know with where people are paying money for pictures that are just digital pictures and i think there is that element of that when you've grown up with all these things you know like we're the last generation of people that had like vhs where you could make a 
a tape of stuff. And you just can't have... Now it's all YouTube, which is fine, but you have to pay to get rid of the adverts. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like... Mm-hmm. I just I, I think it is rose-tinted specs, but I do also think there's that level of... You can see the world moving very fast in a very commercial yeah. direction. And we've got a generation now that has never known or never lived in that previous world where you have, like you say, the, the tactile world where you you interact with something and you get a, a physical reaction and a physical a, a effect. Whereas now those that haven't lived with that um, kind of see that as an obstacle towards enge- between engaging with something. It's very strange. Well, yeah, change is really, really painful, isn't it? And you always have the fear that the change may not necessarily be wholly for the good, you know? I mean... Yeah, because these things take a long time to work out what the the societal impact is, whether it be months, years or or generations. It's... you, You can only sort of wait and see which is quite a scary phrase in that context. It is, isn't it? Uh, I, I just, uh, you know, when it, when I've described to my son what a telephone used to be like, where you used to dial it and you'd have to wait <laughs> for the number to come back round and then do mm. it. You know, he can't believe that anything was so slow. But it kind of... Uh, what, what older technology gave you was the time to think before you yeah. said or did anything whereas modern technology you can you can just pick up your phone and say something ridiculous to the entire world mm-hmm. and then regret it two seconds yeah, later but then it's forever. too late it's too i think late. it's about being comfortable as well by being on your own and that you know there is that element we were discussing this briefly before the podcast but mm. like you know now we're so interconnected if we if we're sat on our own when we're not watching television we're not reading a book, for example. We're checking our phones. We're going on social media. We're texting people. We're WhatsApping people. We're checking our emails all the time. Whereas I remember, I you know lived. I did actually live at a time, the last generation again, where somebody would say, "Oh, I will phone you at seven o'clock on Wednesday," hmm. and you would then say, "Okay, well, I'm, I'll wait for that phone call," and then. You can't do anything in that time because you can't you can't physically talk to them. They they live somewhere else. You, unless yeah. you walk there, you're on your own. So you've got to do other stuff. And I think now now there's there's none of that. Now if you if if you're waiting on bad news, it will turn up any time, any second of the day, yeah. even in the middle of the night. You know, mm. yes. if, yeah, if somebody at the gone. office is annoyed it with you and it's a Friday, you don't think, oh, it's all right. I won't. I can wait until Monday to find out what that is. No. You'll find out on Saturday morning or Friday night in the middle of the night, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I, don't li- I don't like it. And that's the joy, like, we, you know, me and Jonathan have talked about this, you know, it's it, me and Nick, I'm sure we have, but like going into the studio and meeting people and talking to people, for somebody like me who works from home a lot, and going, going on set, in your case, Jonathan, later on as well, like seeing people and talking to real people is almost become a novelty and it really should yeah, it's such and a it's privilege really strange especially now on the other side of everything that's happened over the last couple of years because you know, at the beginning of sort of my 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 vo- voice acting career i was just doing stuff in the cupboard that's right behind me um, just recording <laughs> solo a lot of the time not even with a director it's just a case of here's a line or here's a script give it your best shot and we'll tell you afterwards whether it, you need to change little bits or do the whole thing again um, so it was quite um, draining and, and isolating in that respect. So just being able to get out, whatever the job may be, um, you know, it, it, it's such a such a privilege and such a 
no, you, you've you've got to take that as as being at least, you know, it's it's something other than the alternative, um, whatever it may turn out to be, and um, you know that's why you know I live uh, up in the in the north of England, so you know it is a bit of a a, a trek to get down to London for recordings, but you know, that's my privilege to be able to go down and do that, so which is why I love it. That's why I'm prepared to go to that um, extra mile, and I've not had a single bad day oh. of going down to that studio. It's always been a treat so i'd just do it for the day out frankly even if i wasn't <laughs> even if i didn't have a role you know just well, just turn up and uh, and just chill out with the gang well and it's lovely that uh, you do that i know that uh, i don't know whether you know that it, uh, spoiler alert again in the upcoming uh, behind the scenes thing for the war Doctor begins comrades in arms uh, beth chalmers who plays vecklin you know that sort of Love sinister beth chalmers sort of, so much what yeah, an yeah. incredible person mm-hmm. plays sinister sort of time lord she um, she says that actually she's had such a fantastic time in the studio with you and the gang she said i've worked with a lot of big finnish people she said but i think this is my favorite bunch of people <laughs> oh bless her isn't that nice yeah. oh oh I'm, I'm getting a little bit <laughs> <laughs> oh that's I, so sweet just on the subject of technology i just wanted to say that i i decided uh, recently to have a day over the weekend uh, where I, the only technology i interacted with was a television so any, you know, so I didn't. I turned my phone and my computer off. So right, you can get you can get all social medias on your television. Yeah, now, I so can't. I not on mine. <laughs> not not on mine. <laughs> I Just can. See str- I can stream uh, some some of the channels I subscribe to, but not all of them. Funnily enough, on my television, I've got a very old-fashioned television. Uh, not as old-fashioned as the ones that Benji really likes, but still, proper um, televisions. <laughs> uh, 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 and. I, it was a it was a beautiful time, and I I thought oh wouldn't it be funny if something awful was kicking off and I was unaware of it. There was <laughs> when I turned my technology on the next day, a problem had occurred. It's all sorted now and it's fine, but a problem had occurred that had escalated and escalated because I wasn't responding. Oh, you know, that's not that, that and in, I just in, had to look and listen to these increasingly difficult uh, messages so it just makes you and it's not the fault of those involved at all it was no. perfectly valid for them to contact me but i i you know you just realize you just can't but that's the that's not a makes you of, fearful of being away from it you know mm. but that's not a fault of you and it's not a fault of the company it's it's actually a, a fault of the culture and the world that we live yeah. in is that we've invented this situation now where the wheels of industry are turning all the time mm. and and so if you do step off the wheels just keep turning yeah unless Whereas we all bef- collectively agree to on, on a set of conditions or terms then if you if you volunteer voluntarily step away from that mm. everyone else carries on it is a sad fact that we're, we're we're kind of at a disadvantage if we choose to do that for our own uh, well basically for our own sanity just to just to yeah. get that little bit of focus to do one thing everything else keeps going on it's that fear of missing out or that fear of um not being involved or connected which is why we have to you know, spread our folks among so many different things and we're not designed to do that as creatures it's right. it's really intense it is i you know i've had to really re-educate myself over the last few years for, for years and years i was just a freelancer for big finish but um i i you know quite some years ago many many years ago now i i became a, a you know a staff member so when you're on staff for a company the bank holidays 
count as part of your holiday um, allocation. Mm. So you, that's you know, rotten. That is, so you in have my to, opinion, but that's, that's how rotten. it works with every company. Yeah, and but so you I, have, I still don't. But you, you don't have get... freelancers. You can work on your bank holiday. It's up to you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I yeah. can do freelance work on my bank holiday because I do freelance work as well. Um, but um, it's actually quite a wonderful thing to, you know, there's this national holiday and you really, you know, you can be stupid and not take it. But, you know, our operations director, Hannah Peel, who's appeared on the podcast, you know, a little while ago now, you know, she, she says to me, you don't work. Don't don't work on that day. That is your day off. You you mustn't be working on that day. Have a break. Mm. You know. Well, and I said thing. that to our head of marketing, Steve Berry, who works so hard. I mean, yeah. unbelievably hard, all hours. I I actually sent him a WhatsApp message before the last bank holiday. I said, I order you not to work on Monday. You know, which is very <laughs> extreme. I never say <laughs> that sort of thing. And it was sort of done humorously, but I really meant it. I said, it doesn't matter what happens. Just stop just don't yeah. you know and he i think he sent me a couple of pictures of him and his kids and all that kind of stuff you know so you just got to do it sometimes because otherwise well, yeah. we're all going to implode aren't we mm. yeah because when you're a freelancer there's no one there to give you that permission you kind of exactly. feel you, 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 it's it's that oh why don't, someone said that we're in a world where we can work anywhere anytime and what's happened is we're working everywhere all the time that's really, really good. You're yeah. So, you're so, and yeah, it's, so uh, right. when this you put it like that. This has been the Stress Busters podcast. This is just important. a therapy session now. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I do think it's important to give people permission to actually look after themselves and yes. take a break. Because mm. we're, you know, why do we, why do we make all this? You know, we're a company, big finisher, a company that produces content to be consumed in people's time where they're enjoying them. Not always, but you. You know, most of the time you consume media when you're relaxing. You know, mm, say, or, mm. you know, in audio you can do you can have it on all the time. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's important to give people permission to relax and give people permission to look after themselves and have that. You know, I had a moment a couple of days ago. I spoke to Sam Clemens on the phone about it. Actually, one of our fantastic directors. Um, he phoned me the following day just about just to tell you know he was directing. He was lovely just, guy, was, isn't oh, he? Lovely guy. One of my favourites. Got, so, got yeah. a lot of time for him. But we were laughing because I said, you know, sometimes the way freelance work goes and sound design work is you can't just turn creativity on. Like you can't just say I'm going to be creative today and do a great job. It doesn't really work like that because some days what's going on around you or what's going on in the world or you know can really impact on how good your at your job you are and i had this moment where i was doing this doing this scene and i was sitting there and i just stopped myself and i just i just said out loud i just said this is the worst work i've ever done <laughs> and i just <laughs> And I just turned the computer off and just left the room. I just thought, I just thought, this is the worst work I've ever done. Turned it off, left. Didn't work for the rest of the day. Just, just, and I felt guilty, but I was like, it's mm. terrible. It's terrible. Mm. And I was cutting corners and I was doing things. I was like, oh, that'll do. And I thought, no, that's not how I, that's not how I am. And so the following day, I went to bed early. The following day, I woke up fresh as a daisy, sat down, same scene, and ended up doing fantastic work and I thought to myself this is great and I at the end of it I was really proud and I thought this is brilliant and it's all that mindset the mindset of am I creative today am I feeling good mm -hmm. am I feeling in a good place and I was that second day and I was able to not just go back correct things that I didn't like I actually was able to go back 
and make it better than mm-hmm. I initially wanted it to be, you know. So yeah, it's, yeah. give yourselves permission, guys. You have to, I think you have to have a, a break now and again. I, you know, I had a little uh, email exchange with uh, Clang Maureen O'Brien recently, you know, who played Vicky Legend. in the first Doctor stories on television. And she uh, and has worked for us for many years now. And uh, she she just in passing asked me how I was. <laughs> so mm. I, just, I said, you know, I'm a bit uh, stressed about work at the moment. And she just said, go for a walk, Nick. Just go for a walk. Get put everything down. Leave your office and go for a walk. And I did. You know, I went for a walk, and I uh, and I actually bought a new pair of shoes. Oh, uh, well. I've, got, I've got to the point where I'm just not looking after myself. All my shoes had holes in. <laughs> Every <laughs> single pair of shoes I own is split. So I went to the local shoe shop and bought some nice shoes. Um, they leather. Uh, yeah. Soft leather. Yeah, look, let's not get into too much oh, shoe detail. Sorry, I was, I was, <laughs> they're also I was, waterproof I was, as well. Um, I was imagining some nice, some nice sort of light leather slip-on shoes with soft leather and comfortable soles. Anyway, I also bought some pickled eggs, some pickled onions, a nice a farmer's uh, farmhouse, you know, white loaf, which I just go crazy for those things. You oh know, man, once you I'm once just, you go down the the route of bakery goods, <laughs> proper bread. <laughs> That's the way. But anyway, I got back and I and I emailed Maureen and said, I did what you said. Uh, and she said, oh, my goodness, no one ever takes my advice. I'm really <laughs> pleased. She said, that's really made me feel great. And I told her about the pickled onions and the pickled eggs and everything. I said, it's my idea of heaven. And she said, mine too. So, folks, you heard it here first. Maureen O'Brien likes a pickled egg and a pickled <laughs> onion and possibly even some uh, um, a white farmhouse loaf. I mean, you know, it's a pretty good cocktail of stuff, isn't it? Listen, That's we haven't got much lunch. time. We haven't got much time left with uh, Jonathan, and uh, so I feel we we ought to at least ask you how's it going with the War Doctor. Yeah, we should probably mention it uh, at least once. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it War Doctor is it's the gift that keeps on giving. It's um, it's incredible. You know, we did the first four, which all went down so well, yeah. better than I could have even imagined. Um, and then we've come back to do a couple more, um, and who knows what else uh, in the future. So, yeah, things are looking bright and uh, and good. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> I just always feel so lucky to be able to keep doing this. And um, you know, the fact that this is coming out well, it'll be this week when this uh, this mm. goes out. Um, you know, that every six months, a little injection of of something happening. It's 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 delightful because. Regular work in this industry is 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 precious at the best of times, um, but to do this, to do Doctor Who, I always say it's my dream job. I hope I haven't peaked too soon. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. Um, you know, I hope we can carry on and on with them. Uh, and uh, it is uh, your uh, one of the main reasons for the success of it is your uncanny War Doctor voice. I mean, it, Benji, it's kind of like you can't put a thin piece of paper between it and John Hurt, can you? It's really... Yeah, it's, it's just spot, it's spot on and I think that's part of the joy is that you can you can just immediately there's no conditioning period where you sit and you have to get used to a different voice. Like sometimes you do and that's fine because once you get there it's fine. With that you know exactly where you are you, you switch it on and you're there and you immediately you know who it is and you know what's going on and I mm. think that's really, that's such a a privilege to have you know to, to be able to offer that to the world really when was the mm. first time that you did that voice 
Oh, I imagine it probably wouldn't have been long after the uh, the day of the Doctor because you know, I'd done impressions of other characters, including Doctor Who characters, um, for a while, and um, I think I just decided to do a reel of sort of as many characters I could, and um, I put the War Doctor in there, and it seemed to to stick because. You know, John Hurt's voice is iconic. It's probably one of the most recognisable voices in um, popular culture. Yeah. So Did so you get a sort of special feeling when it kind of landed and you thought, oh, well, hello, this is working rather nicely? Not so much at the beginning, because I think early on, I think it was kind of slipping into to uh, almost into parody, sort of playing up those, uh, those, those features um, to just to kind of just put on that flavor really um but then when you contacted me and um you invited me to have a think about it and work on it and make it sustainable um yes, which was the yes. big thing i kind of thought okay is there, is there another um slightly not easier but slightly more um comfortable route into this because um you know it, it, the the premise of war doctor begins is it's a younger version of the yeah, war doctor yeah. which gives me a huge amount of leeway and you know john hurt never sounded young but he sounded younger <laughs> that's um, true so being able to look into that and find other little hooks and 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 things that i could could play with to sell it on that front and and just bring it a little bit closer so yeah. even if you know heaven forbid, heaven forbid the, the 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 vocal the voice um sound wasn't there the energy was there yeah. And one of the um, one of the great gifts of the War Doctor is because is is that there's there's not really much to compare against. We've got one and a bit TV episodes mm. and the audios, of course, which were a huge help because it was a different kind of performance. Seeing how the War Doctor and, J and John Hurt sounded on audio, mm -hmm. yeah. but also there's not so much to compare against. So I did have a little bit of freedom to explore different things, as was the point of the story, because we go straight from the regeneration. Yeah. So being able to find it organically was um, was a huge benefit, and um, everyone was here and embraced it for that. Yeah, it's lovely. I just I just popped into my head hearing John Hurt's voice in different contexts. That the weirdest context I heard his voice in was then after we'd booked him, he phoned me. And left mm. a voicemail on my phone, which I always regret. Um, you know, I didn't keep it. Well, I couldn't yeah, keep it, it, it yeah. and I didn't record it. And it was just—it's just this message where he said, uh, "He said, hello, Nick. It's John. John Hurt. Uh, here's my phone number. Uh, could you give me a call for a chat?" <laughs> just thought, <laughs> oh my God! I just couldn't. I was so uh, I was in it, and it was just well, such an easy chat. He just what he said. So what happens at these recordings? And I just described the process to him. He mm. went, well, that sounds fine. Okay, see you next week. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, that's, that's a conversation. It's not on. It's not a performance. It's 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 very yes. different hearing it in that context. Is yeah. he was he was okay with the hang dimension, gliding, wasn't he? You know, and the and the, the jet skiing, hang gliding. <laughs> uh, you know, he was he, he was okay with that then, presumably. Yeah, yeah, we do that at every recording. That's yeah, a little known so. fact that Benji just blown. We do jet oh, skiing damn. and hang gliding as a sort of vocal warm up at every big finish <laughs> recording. Listen, yeah. Jonathan, I know you have to go, but before you go, I just want to tell you some irrelevant things that I want to tell Benji. <laughs> I went to a convention at the weekend, although I wasn't really at the convention. I was there to film a sort of real-time pictures uh, um, interview with Sadie Miller and Daisy Ashford about them playing 
you know, Sarah Jane Smith and, and Liz Shaw. But it was at this convention called Spearhead, which is at Wood Norton, which is used to be Legendary, or still yeah. is a bit the BBC training centre, as where they filmed Spearhead from Space and Robot. Uh, so mm. that house there, you know, that you recognise as the hospital from Spearhead from Space How is bizarre. amazing. I'll send you the photos. I haven't sent you the photos, have I? No, 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 no. you're not. Uh, I said photos in a kind of uh, mid-Atlantic, <laughs> sort of transatlantic. Hey, I'll, uh, I'll send you the snaps. Snaps. <laughs> I, did, 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 I don't know. Anyway, so... Did you career around in a wheelchair? Did anyone catch you in the shower? <laughs> uh, we did go in the shower. You saw uh, the shower? Is it still there? It is still there, yeah. Uh, Tim Trelaw had his photograph taken in it naked uh, last year. <laughs> no way. Yeah, he put, it, he put it on social media as well. I say he was naked. He appeared to be as naked as uh, John Pertwee appeared to be at the That's time. That's amazing. He that even had a incredible. shower cap on as well. Um, but yes, he wasn't in the shower when uh, Sadie, Daisy and I were in the shower chatting fully clothed I was going to some kind of sort of, sort of business meeting or something you know <laughs> but anyway the thing was that Ian Kubiak who arranged the organised the convention he did contact me and say oh do you want to be at the convention as well and I said not really because I'm not really doing conventions at the moment he was very nice about it but I didn't realise that then he'd issued an edict to all the attendees of the convention basically not to talk to me <laughs> <laughs> and so during the course of the convention I had uh, I think well a small number of people sidled up to me and said oh no I'm not supposed to be talking to you and I won't ask for an autograph and I won't ask for a photo and all this kind of thing but I just wanted to say so some really nice people I just wanted to say mm. hi to you all who came up to me and spoke said really really lovely things to me about how much Big Finish means to them uh, I'll just name check one because his name popped up on Facebook I think Matt Bovington, who who's a postman, I believe. I think I've got the right Matt here. Matt, have I? Who's a postman who says he listens to Big Finish while he's doing his postman's doing his round. Oh, perfect yeah. context. It's perfect way to it? do that. It is, isn't it? I, I encourage Matt to write in. I hope you will write into podcast at bigfinish.com, Matt. Uh, listen, we're two minutes over with Jonathan. Um, you have to fly, don't you? That's quite all right. But on on that topic, I just want to mention. Mm. Um, Big finish day last year, oh, which yeah. was a huge watershed moment for me because oh. I'd done so much in, well, not sort of in, in isolation, gradually get back into the real world in studio. I hadn't really been connected to the impact that War Doctor Begins had had on the audience. Mm. But being able to see that was incredible and seeing a queue of people who were so generous with you know, their praise and the fact that they come out to, to uh, see you yeah, and yeah. share how much the character and the character being able to continue means to them was really quite overwhelming it was it's something that's gonna i'm gonna remember that my entire life but it, it you're absolutely right you never, Nick. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's absolutely incredible and you know, thank you everyone for listening and for, for just taking the time to share you know what this all means to you which makes the whole thing even more worthwhile and i hope you like everything that is to is to follow so there we go. He's gone. Jonathan's gone. What a fantastic guy. Lovely to have him on. And, well, not just a fantastic guy, but also we've got a fantastic guide. The Good <laughs> Review Guide. You see, oh, I was so pleased I managed to actually <sighs> put that into words. Uh, which is uh, coming up next. Uh, well, it's coming up right now. The Good Review Guide, finding the latest positive comments about big finished productions to help recommend them for you. 
I love your links into the Good Review Guys slash oh, guide. Thank you. Thank you. I'll uh, try. As, as a, as, 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 and then I will uh, com- uh, mess all that up by not being able to read this next you, bit but, of the script. Yeah, yeah, the one is a honk, yeah. <laughs> and what is that strange language you keep doing? <laughs> I don't know. I, I heard it on some TV show and I have no idea what it means. But I just, I just like saying it. It's the one of the honk. It's very good. Uh, I hope it's nothing rude. And yes, so as promised, this week we're looking at Doctor Who, Stranded Four, from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who: The Eighth Doctor Adventures, Stranded Four. Andy, we, we couldn't reach him in time. Everyone died. The whole human race. <laughs> no, that's what you went there to stop. Robin, he did this. I did this. I need to find him. Fix things. We need to get off the ship. It's about to crash into that space station. Now is not the time to nip to the loo. He's a curator. Helen saw him a few more times than me. He's a very strange man. If the doctor can't find a way to stop this... Come out! Come out! Wherever you are, ten seconds until impact. Everything will end. All creation will blink from existence. Dante wants to eat my soul. Yeah, but don't panic. Why aren't we panicking? Because they only hunt at the dark. It is dark! Big finish for the love of stories. You've reached the voicemail of the doctor. Sorry I can't take your call, but I'm probably out saving the universe. Please leave a message after the term. Just go to bigfinish.com and type stranded four into the search pane at the top to find this one. Yes, yeah, so the figure four you have to put. Figure yes. four, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't write the don't write four F O U R. Don't, don't, do, don't that. do that. Don't, don't do that. that. Who would, you know? Well, why, I might. why waste why waste time? Um, <laughs> that's what Kevin Bernard didn't do because Kevin has listened to it. Kevin at WeAreCult.rock says, I stand by every glowing word I've said in the past. This is vital. This is new. This is the Doctor Who that the world needs right now. Lovely review there, Kevin. Uh, this one, I nearly just read out my own name then. That's, that's <laughs> Nick. How, Nick. Nick. Warpedfactor.com, <laughs> Matthew Kressel, not Nick. One of the fantastic things about this set, especially, is how it gives everyone a chance to shine. McGann, always a reliable doctor on audio, gets some of his best material in recent memory across these four episodes. There's a way that McGann plays the melancholy of this incarnation, often hidden behind a bouncy exterior that comes across beautifully here. In so many ways, though, this is the end of an era for the Eighth Doctor at Big Finish. Not only the end of Stranded, but as director Bentley, that's Ken Bentley, if you want to be nice to him, discusses in the extras, the last of the four episodes by four sets run that has defined this Doctor since Dark Eyes became more than one, uh, a one-off box set nearly a decade ago. <gasps> Dark Eyes nearly a decade ago. Terrifying, isn't it? Time, time. Oh, uh- The eye of time, brother. Brother, brother. (laughs) There's no need to shed tears, however. The Eighth Doctor's adventures will go on. This is a real promo piece. Thank you very much, Matthew. Um, And in the here and now, Stranded Four represents the end of the best, most sustained run of Eighth Doctor stories since the second season of Adventures with Charlie Pollard nearly two decades ago. Controversial. What about Lucy Miller, for goodness sake? Farewell, Stranded. It's been the best year ever. Nice one. 
SciFiPulse.net Razor Devro says, Doctor Who Stranded 4 was a marvellous character-driven conclusion. The writers paid off the arcs they built over the past two years. Indeed, narrative choices felt organic and earned throughout. 9.7 out of 10. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Uh, whoreview.com. Uh, no, no reviewer listed. I don't know whether that's an omission by Alfie who put this together or whether they didn't uh, list a reviewer. Sorry about that. Uh, uh, Stranded 4 is a success from start to finish, beautifully wrapping up the various storylines explored in the previous three box sets before delving into poignant new territory for Doctor Who with John Dorney's groundbreaking finale. Uh, taking Doctor Who away from time and space, setting it on an ordinary street, introducing the show's first transgender companion in Rebecca Root's Tanya Bell, uh, putting an LGBT plus relationship front and centre and letting it unfold over 16 hours hours and telling new and often very emotionally impactful stories about different ways of being stranded this series has been groundbreaking from start to finish and a true highlight of big finishes output over the last few years here's to more of this kind of daring storytelling in the future 4.5 out of 5 what 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 was 0.5 wrong with that <laughs> I always think this. Why can't we just have solid numbers? Five out of five. Uh, no, Round up to the nearest, the nearest ten. I mean, Stephen Noonan had a great uh, uh, thing to say about this, and I think he was right. So you just have to go back and listen to what he said um, about about the whole, you know, the not not, yeah. not perfect. Uh, uh, but anyway, Tim Trelaw thinks I write all the reviews, which seems probably true. Bizarre. Or Brian, sorry, Brian, Brian Trevor. Br- Trelaw, Brian Kilgari <laughs> to give him his full name. Uh, yes, um, huge praise should go to David Richardson and Matt Fitton who've been in charge of this. Also, Ken Bentley directed them all, and John Dorney written so many uh, pivotal scripts in it. What a great bunch of people doing superb work, and all Absolutely. the actors. But I can't, I can't just name everyone, uh, including my mother. Well, she was in it, of course. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> well, this next review here is from Nicholas Briggs. No, no it's not. Sorry, it's from Jenkin, <laughs> Jenkins 100 Rose. Oh, Just finished Stranded 4 on Twitter. Uh, well, they, this is written on Twitter. Stranded 4 is on Twitter, but you can't listen to it on Twitter. I'm, I'm talking too much. Um, from Big Finish. Wow. <laughs> Just on. wow. And sad to say goodbye to all the folks in the Baker Street house. I love them all. And at Telos32, one of our favourite Twitter reviews says, After crashing in 2020, the TARDIS crew has found the future of the universe altered and the human race doomed. A very good conclusion. We're doomed! Uh, probably the best Eighth Doctor series that Big Finish has done. This next one here is from Ash the Holy One. <laughs> It just sounded too good. It sounded like something that would be on classic Doctor Who, isn't it? You know. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It says here, uh, Big Finish is Stranded is art, plain Ooh. and simple. Nice. One of their best box sets to date. Masterfully crafted, start to finish, Stranded 4 was the icing on the fantastically crafted cake. Big props to every person involved. Wow. As you know, folks, I recently, well, not that recently, learnt what props means. So I I can understand that. Next week, we take a look at The Outlaws. Yes, the first outing for the brilliant Stephen Noonan as our new first Doctor. <gasps> uh, great reviews across the board. Looking forward to reviewing those reviews that will be reviewed 
in the reviews, good reviews, guy, guide, thing. <laughs> Review. Yes. Wonderfully said, Nick. You're almost, almost indecipherable. Um, <laughs> Still to come on the podcast, listeners, email sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. And can you believe it? We hear from Russell T. Davis and, and, and Kate Winslet talking about this week's release of Dark Season. Plus, there are Animoids Electrotron giving you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Can you contain your excitement? Frankly, no. But first, let's go behind the scenes with The War Doctor Begins, Comrades in Arms, A Mother's Love by Nogaflation. My name is Barnaby Kay, and I am the director of this series of The War Doctor Begins. Scan completed. Welcome to Haven, Doctor. No, that's not my name. Refreshments will be served shortly. If you wouldn't mind following the lit path. As you wish. Yesterday we recorded a really great episode called A Mother's Love and the mother of the title is the Medbay Operational Mainframe, she's called, and she is an AI system that's in charge of this Time Lord hospital ship called Haven. When we meet her, all, all we know is that she's, she is just a nurse figure, really, a matron figure of this, of this station. But as the episode goes on, she feels that she's beginning to twist and that she's had more control and done things that she's not admitting to. Hello, my name is Noga Fleishan. I'm a writer and a producer and I wrote the episode A Mother's Love. The brief from Matt was to reintroduce the Doctor and Case, uh, which I was all too happy to do. The last time we saw Case, she was very confused, very vulnerable. She didn't quite know who she is. And I wanted to explore what would the dynamic be like if she kind of had a more sense of self, which is maybe not where he thought she would go. Her main guidance in the time since she saw her last was Vecklin. And we all know how tense the Doctor and Vecklin's relationship is. So I was very keen to see how that might change their friendship. Hello, my name is Jonathan Carley, and I play The War Doctor. Hi, my name's Ajaz Awad, and I play Case and Auto Case. Case is a Time Lord ally. You can't treat her like a common staser. Her augmentations classify her as a weapon. I understand this is a unique situation. I can prepare one of the quarantine chambers for her containment. First episode, A Mother's Love, is the Doctor, the War Doctor, receives a distress call from a medical space station. Only he gets there and finds the entire place deserted, which is a perfect recipe for a mystery. And uh, the station is controlled by a, a, an operating system called MOM. And despite being well-intentioned, her actions aren't necessarily for the best for her patients because they've all been squirreled away somewhere. And then, just to add to that, Vecklin and Case turn up. Writing for The War Doctor was an absolute delight. He is gritty, he is pragmatic, and he still maintains this fundamental core of kindness, which is such an important through line for all the iterations of the character. Uh, when we see him in the 50th anniversary, he is about to commit double genocide, which, you know, is, is, is not very obvious for the Doctor. So I think a lot of the stories about him explore just how we get there, which is very grim, but also so much fun. First of all, I was delighted to hear that Case was coming back because 
she made su- such an impact in uh, Warbringer set two, but also just for me to sort of change the dynamic of being a loner on these uh, standalone uh, adventures. Because I thought going into this, well, there's the War Doctor. He's a, he's a lone warrior. But to then be given effectively a companion, you know, and to form a team around that is really exciting. Someone that we can build a relationship with and not necessarily always going to be a harmonious relationship as well in this extreme situation is something I'm really looking forward to developing over the next few stories. It's, uh, it's going to be really exciting. Yeah, same. Yeah, I think it's just nice to have something that is completely fresh and, and starts from the beginning and and then, yeah, and can see where it goes. Case's relationship with the Doctor is a little trickier. Last time we saw her, she was very dependent on others to guide her and tell her what to do and who she is. So what I wanted to do is purposely isolate her for a little bit, just to see what she's capable of when pushed to a corner. I think the Doctor wasn't fully ready for what she became, and I'm very excited to see what the other writers on this box set will do with their dynamic. You were made to fight. You are fighting, aren't you? Yeah, but not for the Daleks. You are still fulfilling your function as designed by your makers. No, I do it because I choose to. And because it's what you are good at. I could have done other things. Could you? From my point of view, it's kind of a comment on how our worlds interact with technology and how do human technological worlds uh, kind of meld. And where's the kind of humanity line? So I think Case is still struggling to be seen as uh, just a full person and not just a a weapon or uh, some sort of useful tool. And I think Mum, in her own way, is also experiencing that. My name is Beth Chalmers and I play Vecklin, the Time Lord. Your comrade vouched for it. What comrade? The Doctor. He arrived here shortly before you did. I think I'll take the oxygen mask back now. Should I alert him of your status? Hardly matters. Yeah, this story is about a field hospital that gets hijacked, really, by a malfunctioning mainframe that's supposed to be caretaking and in charge and running the show. I described the Doctor's dynamic with Vecklin as frenemies. They can work together, they have a lot of respect for each other, but it's because of that that I think they know exactly what the other one is capable of, and I don't think either of them are a fan of the length the other ones would go to to achieve their goals. Just go to bigfinish.com and type comrades in arms. They've got dashes in between. The little hyphens. Hyphens in between the (laughs) words. Um, (laughs) Hyphens. That's like that Two Ronnies sketch, isn't it? Harry, Harry Huntington Hartley, but uh, we leave out the hyphens. Um, And he's got terrible bad breath. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Where'd you work? Uh, Harley Street. Um, (laughs) Yes, just type that into the search pane at the top to find this superb slice of Time War action. Released this Thursday. No, it's not. Released this Tuesday, the 16th of May. Yes. Uh, yes, you don't want to go to Thursday. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. Uh, don't forget, you can hear a free 15-minute drama tease of A Mother's Love by No Gaflation at the end of this podcast. Meanwhile, it's uh, it's time for listeners' emails. And you don't have to make that wibbly noise that Nick made, but I would like it if you did, because I, yeah, I thoroughly yeah, enjoyed hearing it. Just send your emails into podcast at bigfinish.com and they might get read out. 
It's what Josh has done. Josh here has sent the subject here, listener email, which I like it because it just says it for what it is, you know. Yeah. Listener email. Um, Hello, Big Finish team. Hi there. Um, I always enjoy listening to Tom Baker on Big Finish. His continued work up to current day is quite admirable, and it seems to be continuing for a long time coming. In fact, the 50th anniversary of his first appearance as the Doctor is almost here. With all the anniversaries that have been done recently, surely we'll be getting something special for that date. Come in- on. Yeah, interesting point, Josh. I mean, um, the anniversary will be... It will be December the something or other, 2024, won't it? Because Very it was- specific, yeah. His first episode actually just nipped into 1974, which is why people always say, you know, his his doctor was, you know, and you think, well, it was really 1975, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, we've recorded loads with Tom. We've been surging ahead. And uh, I know he was recording uh, last week, for example. Apparently he was on incredible form. Yeah. That's what I've heard through the grapevine. And uh, the big finish grapevine. Uh, and I, um, I've been working a lot on his stuff recently with uh, Dalek's Genesis of Terror, which is out next week, and uh, the Ark, you know, the John mm. Lucarotti version. Um, uh, I can't wait for you all to hear them because I've had such fun doing the music on them. And um, and I know Benji, you'll be you're mastering the Ark, aren't you? It's my afternoon job. Yeah, uh, afternoon yeah, I'll be job. mastering that. Our afternoon job. How's it going? No, it's, I'm thoroughly looking forward to it. It's a chance to go back to 1975. Indeed. Want. So, well, let's let's see. Uh, you know, uh, let's see what's going to happen. If if you know, well, there's so many anniversaries, aren't there? We could spend the whole year celebrating anniversaries of things, can we? Anyway, next up. Uh, This is from Yoni Danon, and he says, uh, Hi, Nick and Benji, and anyone else who might be joining. Unfortunately, you've just missed Jonathan. He's just gone. Just gone. Hope you're both well. (laughs) Hi there. Uh, First of all, I want to thank everyone on Big Finish for all your amazing work. I discovered you at the start of the pandemic, and Big Finish helped me through the lockdowns. When I got COVID, I did a marathon of the main range. And in boring Zoom lessons at school, I muted the meeting and listened to some audio drama. Incredible. Incredible. I love that, Yoli. (laughs) And now that I have a driver's license, I get to take control of the car's media system and enjoy your marvellous work during the drive. Little demon emoji there. (laughs) So thank you for all the good experiences you gave me. In a matter of recent developments, in the matter of recent developments between Tim's Slash Trevor, uh, Trelaw, slash, slash Brian, I can't even read it, and Stephen Noonan. I would very much like to see a rematch of the famous water pistol fight between the second and third Doctors. Now, of course, with the first. Maybe you could produce this as a story. Something along <laughs> the lines of the toy maker kidnapped the first and third Doctors and placed them in a deadly arena, and he won't let them leave until one or both will be soaking wet. What do you think? Uh, I personally can't imagine that it didn't happen already. <laughs> and actually, in my head cannon, the first Doctor became so wet and cold during this fight that he regenerated into Patrick Troughton, who immediately joined back in the fight, which led to the one we already know of. <laughs> Perfect sense. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get I mean, Stephen Moffat to write that. Yeah. yeah. 
And to round things off, since you've asked, here is a picture from some years ago of one of my many cats on my shoulder. In case uh, you've wondered, many cats are about 30 cats that we look after. Exclamation mark, indeed. Her name is Matilda and she really likes doing that. Best <laughs> regards, Yoni. Well, you know I'm mad about cats. Uh, I so love that. It's like a, a, a sort of like the idea that Yoni is actually a sort of pirate. And instead of a parrot on the shoulder, uh, Yoni, Yoni has Matilda the cat. Sorry, I'm just uh, Nick, Nick is killing a bee. I'm, I wouldn't dare kill a bee, um, Good but man. one Good was man. trying to get into my shed, and I was it a bee or a wasp. I, I had the window open because it's sunny here today. Just remember that, folks. That's a moment in history for raining here. Um, uh, actually, just as I said that, the sun went in. <laughs> 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 People in the Bridport area were <laughs> disappointed when Nicholas Briggs spoke and all the weather disappeared. <laughs> anyway, Yoni, thank you for writing in and thank you for sending that lovely picture of you and your cat, which the listeners can't uh, see, but I'm very delighted to see. I wish my cat would sit on my shoulder. She's so unsociable. The thing with my cat, she's quite nice when you approach her. But I forget that she's just programmed to grab anything that moves. So once you nice, give her a nice stroke and she's very happy, as you move your hand away, she nearly takes a chunk out of it because she thinks, what is it, a mouse? <laughs> my dog does this thing with um, with her paw because she, she just loves biting my hand like in a sort of playful way and chasing my hand around. So I'll be sitting like watching TV and yeah. then she'll just very gently place her paw on my hand. And that's, and that's her way of saying... I want to play the hand game. I want to chase your hand. Out. <laughs> so, of course, I pull my hand away, and she immediately chases it. She goes, she goes bananas. She, I could, honestly, it's it's so much fun. But of course, at the end of it, my my whole arm is just full of bite marks. Um, so I look like I've been attacked. But no, she well, loves it. In a way, you have been. I'm in a really traumatic situation with my cat because she is just waking me up earlier and earlier and earlier. Yeah, well, I used to have a cat that did that. So I used to just put the cat in, in the cat's... I put the cat to bed at night. I just said, go in the cat's room. And the cat stayed in the room until I was ready to yeah. give them their breakfast. I just feel a bit mean, but I do get up when she wakes me up. Because what she does, if I try to ignore her, she just gets on the cupboard beside my bed and starts knocking books off the side. Oh, that's so calculating. Yeah. I had a cat called Topsy and she used to leap off the side table onto me deliberately to oh, wake yeah. me up. Oh, yeah, bamboo stands on me and just goes... It's so annoying. It's like, go away. I used to have another one as well called Sammy who used to just lick my nose. And so I'd just be asleep and I'd feel that horrible sandy tongue. Oh, yeah, yeah, I get that as well. And the back of my head, I get licked. It's like, go away. Even sometimes when I'm watching television in the living room, she suddenly leaps onto the back of the sofa right by my ear and goes... And I jump out of my skin. I'm sure. I'm sure I will live for fewer years because of the shocks that bamboo has given me. I do. I am unconditionally in love with her, which is the problem. Anyway, sorry, a little yeah. confession there. Well, let's see. Here we got the last email here from Nigel Bromley, mm. um, which um, the subject is Ken Dodd. I hope <laughs> that's the name of Nigel's cat. Um, good morning to all the Big Finish Towers. I loved the episode last week, and while she spoke about Ken Dodd, it reminded me of his joke at the expense of the taxman. I told the Inland Revenue I didn't owe them any money because I live by the sea. Because inland, you yeah, see. Yeah, very clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Classic variety gag. Uh, I hope it made you smile. It did. It did. It did. Uh, right, I'm off to invest my hard-earned and taxed income on some big finish fresh produce. 
Take care, Nige. Well, I think that's money well spent. And produce. I've never thought of calling our stuff produce. Uh, new produce from Big Finish. <laughs> it's, it's fresh from the farm. Uh, that's it for uh, this week's emails. We look forward very much, I mean really do, uh, to reading more out next week. As always, the Randomoid Selectron is warming up at this very moment. Uh, preparing to offer you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. We'll also be teasing you with the first 15 minutes of The War Doctor Begins, Comrades in Arms. But first, be still my beating heart. How can it be that Big Finish has done something so incredible? Russell T Davis and Kate Winslet... And Scott Hancock as well? Cast your minds back to the 1990s. It's time for Dark Season. And if you don't know what that means, Scott is here to explain. Hello, my name is Scott Hancock, and I am the producer and director of Dark Season for Big Finish. Where are you anyway? I'm currently breaking into a hospital. What? I've nicked a white coat and I'm marching through cardiology. Even got a stethoscope. Completes the look. This project came about a good few years ago, actually. David Richardson, the senior producer at Big Finish, emailed me saying that he'd been chatting with Russell, uh, Russell T. Davies, about resurrecting Dark Season, which was his first ever TV drama. And David asked me if I would be interested in producing it for Big Finish. And I said, yes, absolutely. Any excuse to work with Russell? Uh, I was delighted and, uh, you know, very flattered that Russell had thought of me and asked for me to do it. The first thing I asked, of course, was what the format was going to be. Um, <laughs> because with a lot of Big Finish ranges, they reunite the original cast and sort of tell stories set during the original timeline. Whereas with this, I saw an opportunity for us to do something slightly different. Either pick up a few years later with those original characters, or do something set in the present day with a whole new trio of characters, but link it back to the original series somehow. So I had a, a few chats with Russell about where we would take it and what the tone would be. And he was very keen it'd still be set very much around the school. It's very much about children, dark technology being a threat. And in a way, the, the children being smarter than the adults because they see more, they recognize more. Uh, than adults who have sort of become ground down by day-to-day -day life. So that was quite interesting, rediscovering the premise of the series and grounding it in the present day when technology is arguably far more terrifying than it was back in the 90s. One really, really nice thing was uh, Big Finish already knew they wanted 12 episodes um, of similar length to the TV series, so about 22, 25 minutes. And Russell was very keen that, like the original TV series, they were effectively three-part stories, which meant we had four three-part stories. Great, we can offer one to uh, a different writer. And then, of course, because it's a series called Dark Season and we had four stories, it very neatly fell into sort of chapters throughout the school year, going spring, summer, autumn, and finally winter. And uh, that just felt oddly like it was meant. You're so out of the loop. Kelsey's posted again. Well, I don't live for notifications like you. Oh, she's spoken to the woman who called the ambulance. Turned out it was Sasha's auntie. She'd only seen Daria 10 minutes before. She was going house to house giving out leaflets, some kind of protest or something. You know what she's like. Anyway, Sasha's auntie finds Daria unconscious on Longford Road. No idea if she's been hit or what. 
Hello, my name is Tim Foley and I wrote Dark Seasons Spring. I have no memories of the original Dark Season. It was sadly before my time. Uh, children's TV for me was, oh, let's think, oh, Demon Headmaster, the original, uh, The Queen's Nose. And I specifically remember being terrified by both of those. It's one of these things I think children's TV occupies a, oh, a weird liminal spot of your childhood memories where you can't fully remember all the details and you're not sure what was real and what isn't. And I know Dark Season is like that for some people. Wait, is, is that some kind of jewellery on her finger? No, that is her finger. What? Daria's finger has turned solid gold. And I want to know how. My idea for this story, Spring, it had to function in two ways. One, like I said, it was the season opener, so I knew it had to be maybe quite a simple idea to begin with to allow us to give space to meet these characters. They fall down the rabbit hole of whatever's going on. And then the second thing is, going back to my memories of childhood TV, I really wanted it to be one full of striking images. And for some reason, I was just thinking of somebody turning into gold. I thought if I'd seen that as a kid when I was younger, that would have freaked me out. So yeah, that was my initial um, springboard. And it was great talking over the ideas with Scott, who oversaw all the seasons um, that were writing and make sure we were each exploring, you know, different avenues of technology and that fusion again of, of sci-fi and dark fantasy. It was a really fun script to write and it was really different to write in the Doctor Who scripts that I normally write to, largely because, I don't know, it felt very contemporary, very fresh. It being set at a school with a slightly younger age group, I wanted to make sure I captured a bit of authenticity there. I'm quite lucky that my partner is a teacher, so I was thrusting various sections over to him, asking him, does this feel like something kids would say? I mean, are you all going to meet on some nerdy blog or something? Blog? OK, Grandma. We're heading to the school library. Need to figure out this. What are you showing me? A pic. Of... Something really strange. I know we're mates, but I really don't want to see. Jack. I love a new trio, Jack, Nina and Taylor. Because I'm writing the opening episode, I really wanted to get those relationships off the ground from the start. Lots of fun dialogue between them. Lay out who they are and who this new team is. Um, in some ways, Taylor is a successor to Marcy, but they're a different character and we were keen to show that they're just just—they're not just Marcy 2.0. Um, uh, this is a character that's a little more hesitant to get involved. They're, they're a bit scared of technology and their family is connected to the weirds going on here in Dark Season Land. And yeah, and then with uh, Nina and Jack, well, we had great fun coming up with, you know, Nina's jokes and uh, Jack's geekiness. I think Jack, I see a lot of myself in Jack when I was at school, definitely the little do-gooder, not wanting to get detention, bit of a nerd. That was me. This is the folklore section. Everything depends on context and atmosphere. We don't want folklore. A girl's finger turning gold. Sounds supernatural to me. But the supernatural's just stuff that science hasn't explained yet. But you're saying there's stuff here about this kind of thing. Shelf behind you. Here. That's a whole section on the elements, the roles they play in rituals. Hiya, I'm H. Wiley, my pronouns are they, he, and I'm playing Taylor. Hello, I'm Bethany Antonia, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm playing Nina. 
Hi, my name's Jacob Dudman, my pronouns are he, him, and I'm playing Jack Parton. I think what stood out to me about the script was just the immediate um, chemistry between these characters and the team that sort of we were lucky enough to bring to life today. Luckily, H and Bethany are both incredible. So I feel like the, the sort of trio um, at the heart of the story really sort of are engaging from the get-go. But it's all, you know, it's all there, the words in the script. And um, I think also it's wonderfully of the show. Um, having watched some of uh, Dark Season, the original Dark Season, uh, the TV show, it's just so of that world and so fun and colourful and engaging. I just really love the idea of school kids fighting dark forces. Yeah. <laughs> Something quite fun about yeah. that. <laughs> so I loved it. I watched the grainiest footage I could find, which <laughs> is on YouTube. A saint like posted the whole thing mm. on YouTube. And it's dark. Kids' dramas were darker back then than they are now. And it was a little bit scary, mm. but I really enjoyed it. And I just love that Russell's writing was just as bonkers then as it is now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, it just screams Russell T Davies all the way through. Even though it's 30 years old, you can still hear that distinct voice yeah. in those episodes. Yeah, he so clearly knew who he was like back then. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's just brilliant. That's so sweet. I was never allowed to watch it as a kid because I got scared by everything. <laughs> so I, it didn't it didn't bode well for me to then be an adult because now I, can't, I still can't deal with any of it. I've, <laughs> I haven't watched Stranger Things. It terrifies me. I can't. So when I read the script, I was like, mm, it's a bit scary, isn't it? It's scary. <laughs> it's scary. The really fun thing about working on these new stories has been creating a new trio of heroes. We've got Taylor, Nina and Jack, who are all very sort of distinct in their own way, not just from each other, but also the original trio of Reed, Tom and Marcy. And it was one of those things where you think, actually, we're going to be spending a lot of time with these people. So you want three very distinct personalities and voices, both in terms of actor and character. And I remember asking Russell if we could make Taylor non-binary, just because actually, it's far more reflective of modern day schools. I have a mother and a sister who are both teachers and you get a sense of how much that landscape has changed even in primary schools, never mind secondary. So it felt sort of slightly neglectful if we didn't represent that here. Which meant when it came to casting Taylor, I sort of had it quite easy because I'd worked with H. Wiley before another production and knew that they would absolutely get the vibe and had the right sort of energy and personality to collaborate and work as a team uh, across a week of recording and had just the loveliest personality. So I said to their agent, uh, would H like to join us and be the non-binary child of Kate Winslet for a Russell T Davies drama? And funnily enough, the answer came back quite quickly as yes. And then of course, from the end of the very first story, we introduce the first of our returning characters from the original television series, uh, Reet, uh, Rita Sullivan, who now has a surname, thank you, Russell, uh, played by, once again, Kate Winslet, um, which I think it's fair to say, as much as we dreamed, we never expected would happen, because Kate, you know quite deservedly, is one of the busiest actors out there. And it goes without saying, we were all hugely honoured that she said yes. And I remember her agent getting in touch saying, uh, just the subject line saying, Kate Winslet would like a chat. And putting her in touch with Russell. And Russell phoning me 
one afternoon and just screaming down the phone at me going, she said yes. And I was in a meeting for something else at the time and he sort of picked up on the vibe and went, oh, you can't talk, can you? And I went, no, I can't. But the moment I could, I messaged him back and went, right, how? what do we do? Who am I talking to? And it was quite a lengthy process in terms of establishing a window of time we had, how much we would be able to feature the character. But actually, the joy of someone like Kate is they're so enthusiastic and obviously so professional that even though we had quite a narrow window in terms of our overall recording time, we were able to get a lot of material done. And so Reed has a really nice role across the season. And her dynamic with Taylor feels really special. You know, there's a really lovely maternal instinct that Kate brings to it. And, you know, it was it was bewildering being in that recording studio with Russell and Kate, who hadn't seen each other in 31 years, and just hearing Reet come back to life. And it was it was almost instant, you know, we had a read-through and she was back. Well, I am Kate Winslet and I play Reet. <laughs> In Dark Season, written by Russell T. Davis. Hello, faithful listeners. Hello. It was honestly for me just um, just absolutely thrilling because one of the things I've always tried to do is just to be the same person that I always was in the very beginning and and actually when you do become successful and participate in large films as I have been fortunate enough to have done you know sometimes it's nice to be able to remind people through the work that you are still Kate from Reading <laughs> that kid who did Dark Season at age 15 and uh you know, it's important. It's important to, I think, you know, uphold these stories and these memories for people, especially when it clearly has become a story that is very meaningful to a lot of people. And and obviously Russell's career has gone from strength <laughs> to strength. So, um, no, I was absolutely delighted. I mean, I, you know, I was just delighted to be asked to come back and, you know, rattle the old memory tank and um, remember what the heck re- sounded like. Oh, it's nothing compared to our delight, because Scott and I cooked this up with Big Finish and at the beginning I said well maybe we could ask Kate Wins to do a cameo maybe one line if you'd popped your head through the kitchen door and said hello love we'd, we'd have bought that and so I sent off that email and we're so I've really got to say this to you we're so delighted that you're here today and it means a lot Aww. this show means a lot to me and I've read interviews with you over the years where you've talked about it I thought oh I'm so glad she's never forgotten that never and, forgotten it wow. but you see you can't forget how you begin because when you're an actor it doesn't matter whether you're trained or you aren't trained but one thing is for sure the technical side of acting the where to stand the where to look and how to match your actions to something you did previously because that's the take that they want to use you know all this technical jargon you can only learn on the job. And for me, that began on Dark Season. It really, truly did. And and it's important to hang on to that and, and not be in any way dismissive of those early moments because I really treasure them all. Oh, here we are. And it's yeah, like, because I, I, we got lots of other writers on this. And then I said, oh, let me have a look. Let me have a look. <laughs> what are we making Kate say here? And once I got into it, I, I was just monstrous and started to rewrite it and ended up writing that last episode because there they were in my head. Reet was there and Marcy was there. Mr. Eldridge was there. It's amazing. You don't forget. You literally do not forget no, those things. No, you don't forget. And, you know, and lots of lovely friendships were formed. I had a relationship with one of the other actors that lasted for nearly four and a half years. Beautiful Stephen. Yeah, yeah, yeah who yeah. was wonderful, Stephen Treadry. And, you know, it was um, a very, very you know, pivotal time in, in, in my life. It was the beginning of 
the proper acting as a professional chapter for me. We did all right, didn't we? We did all right. Fair dues. We did all right. <laughs> Just go to bigfinish.com and type dark season into the search pane at the top to find this one. You're going to love it. And huge thanks to Russell for making this happen in the first place. Lovely fella. Always a huge supporter of Big Finish. And, you know, frankly, actually changed my entire life by giving me the job as the voice of the Daleks. I mean, and the side. Can't say fairer than that, can you? Yeah, I mean, really changed my life. I often tell him this when I speak to him. (laughs) He's just like, yeah, shut up. (laughs) But seriously, it's, yeah. Anyway, uh, just a reminder that we'll be drama teasing you with the War Doctor, Comrades in Arms, at the end of the podcast. So, you know, stay tuned for that. In the meantime, it's... The Randomoid Selectatron, where we randomly select a big finish release and offer you a 25% discount on it. Beautifully acted out there. Yeah, did. They didn't see stuff. that, but thank they you. They didn't see that, but I did. Yeah, so, you it know, was all for I, you. It was all for me, yeah. All for one and one for all. Uh, well, the Random Words Letstron has spoken. They've yes. come up with uh, an interesting choice, actually. Something I didn't expect. Um, but I guess that's the nature of the Random Words yeah, Letstron. It's, it's um, classic horror. Dracula's Guest and Other Dark Tales. Part of our textbook staff range. Oh, well, there you have it. Uh, brilliant. Let's have a listen to the trailer. This was Valpurgis Night. Valpurgis Night, when according to the belief of millions of people, the devil was abroad. Through my eyelashes, I saw above me the two great flaming eyes of a gigantic wolf. Its sharp white teeth gleamed in the gaping red mouth and I could feel its hot breath, fierce and acrid upon me. It was an old, rambling, heavy-built house of the Jacobean style, with heavy gables and windows, unusually small, and set higher than was customary in such houses, and was surrounded with a high brick wall, massively built. Indeed, on examination, It looked more like a fortified house than an ordinary dwelling. It's been so long empty that some kind of absurd prejudice has grown up about it. As to what there was against the house itself, she could not tell. She had often asked, but no one could inform her. But there was a general feeling that there was something. There, on the great high-backed carved oak chair by the right side of the fireplace, sat an enormous rat steadily glaring at him with baleful eyes. Have you a strong will? Have you a true heart that can be brave for one you love? Of course, old man, this is all a joke. A ghastly one, but still a joke. 
I see here the flowing of blood. It will flow before long. It's running in my sight. It flows through the broken circle of a severed ring. What is it, dear? Tell me the fortune, but do not frighten me. This is the hand of a murderer. The murderer of his wife. This was an endeavour undertaken by Barnaby Edwards. Uh, you know, he is the... Uh, uh, well, uh, but it says that David Richardson was the producer. I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> I, th- I think that Barnaby Edwards was the producer. But there we go. Um, beautiful cover by Som- Simon Holub and narration by Peter Guinness, who is just the most amazing actor with a beautiful voice. Yeah, this is... Uh, and sound design by Howard Carter great stuff i would advise you to have a have a look at all the textbook stuff stuff on big finish there's all sorts of interesting bits and bobs there's casting the runes you know the uh, the yeah. classic mr james other uncanny stories there actually i feel like i might go and listen to that now i love casting the runes you know they they made the movie night of the demon from that they did, which is referenced in um, Space 1999. It is by me. It's yeah, by what you. I wrote. Uh, the Pit and the Pendulum, Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan uh, Yeah. Uh, the Signalman by Charles Dickens. There's some great stuff there. There is some really, really good stuff. It's well worth doing. And they're beautiful because you get to, to hear you know, the text but also you get wonderful soundscapes and, and brilliant music with it. It really enhances your, your listening experience. Yeah. Um, all, all thanks to um, Howard Carter. So definitely get involved with that one. Definitely. Something a little bit different from Big Finished. I, I always like the random word selection because yeah. Ran always just pulls something out of the uh, out of the ether. Like, nice, yeah. Uh, via an Ethernet cable. Uh, while... Um, I emailed Jackie Emery, content manager at Big Finish, to inform her of our random selection uh, so that she can set the offer live on the bigfinish.com website. Benji, please deliberately mislead the audience by creating an entirely false way of finding the 25% discount. Then everyone's challenge will be to go to bigfinish.com and discover the real way. Well, I can certainly do that. That's that's absolutely easy. <laughs> so you? All you, all, yeah, of course. So all you have to do is type into Google Big Finish go to our Wikipedia page <laughs> Big Finish Productions once you're on the Wikipedia page if you go right down into the uh, into the blurb uh, you'll find that there is a entry at the bottom that says Guinness Book of World Records once you're on the Guinness Book of World Records there's actually a um, there's a picture there of Lucky Diamond Rich, the world's most tattooed person. Once you click on that that, that Wikipedia page there, um, it'll have um, an article there that says he was part of a small juggling club. Um, so if you click juggling club, yeah. once you're on there, uh, you should be able to find um, a small section called multi-piece clubs. All you have to do is read that entire paragraph Put a stamp on it uh, and post it in your nearest post box to David. Um, we don't know who David is, but he's he really wants to know about multi-piece juggling clubs. Do that well, and you'll receive a discount. Excellent. Well, uh, now, folks, uh, set the challenge. Uh, you go and find out how you really get it. It's much easier than that. I think compared to that, it does, it, it does seem very easy. 
but, uh, but if you do follow the, my methods, you yes. will see a, a rather fantastic photo of um, Lucky Diamond Rich, born Gregory Paul McLaren. Um, there we go. That's well, all I can say, really. I, I just uh, can't wait. <laughs> um, so that was a nice choice, Ran. I, I think we liked that very much. It's inspired me. Uh, next week's podcast uh, is out on the 21st of May, and it's called Purity Genius. And it's called that because uh, we talk about uh, the Sixth Doctor uh, release, uh, Purity Unleashed. See, Purity and uh, and I said genius, I meant Genesis. Because <laughs> also available is Dalek's Genesis of Terror. Uh, Purity Unleashed is out on Tuesday the 23rd of May and Dalek's Genesis of Terror is out on Thursday the 25th of May. And the Dalek's Genesis of Terror uh, release contains uh, the, uh, uh, the first episode of Genesis of Daleks of the Dalek I'm not speaking very well today again uh, of Genesis of the Daleks by Terry Nation before it was script edited so it's significantly different and we thought it would be fun to give you all the stage directions as well because Terry Nation's stage directions are beautiful they're so dramatic and so interesting and the story is so visual because Terry always wrote very little dialogue and wanted a lot of it to be shot on film. So that's all in there for you. So it makes the first episode, it's about 45 minutes long. And then we've got uh, the plots, plot synopses for all the other episodes. Um, two to six uh, read out by the cast. And as a download special extra, Tom Baker's reading the plot synopsis for uh, episode one in a very inimitable fashion. And there's a huge exclusive interview with producer Philip Hinchcliffe by Samira Ahmed, who's um, uh, yeah, really uh, delving behind the scenes for that season's story development. And there's a lovely... It's incredibly extras- specific, isn't it? Really specific yeah, yeah. in terms of all the documents and all sorts. Exactly. And, the, and there's a great uh, extras section as well, and ex- a big extended extras on download only. Um with a lot of Philip Hinchcliffe talking about Genesis of the Daleks specifically, but also all of the cast and, and uh, producer Simon Gurrier, who is, you know, well known as a Doctor Who historian expert on all the old documents. You know, he speaks very interestingly about it all too. Um, uh, I might be involved as well at some point in there. Anyway, and uh, obviously we'll be giving you a drama tease from uh, Purity Unleashed, uh, a brilliant story called Broadway Belongs to Me. Uh, by Matthew Sweet, Nuff said. Well, there's plenty to look forward to there, isn't there? It's going to be brilliant. But until then, thanks for listening, folks. This edition of the Big Finish podcast was presented by me, Benji Clifford, and him, Nick Briggs, who also wrote, produced, and edited it. Edited it. Edited it. It's hard to say, isn't it? It's a little... Uh, it, was a, it was a vocal exercise in a drama school, actually. Edited it. Edited it. Edited it. Edited and, of course, it's to try and get the difference between the T's and the D's because you know, I'm, a, I'm a terrible one for making my D's sound like T's. Awful. You know who would be able to see it, say it brilliantly is um, Michael Wisher as Davros. Oh, yes. Edited it. Edited it. Immediately. Edited it. And of course, uh, Benji and I edited it. Uh, no, did this for, for the love of stories. stories. A bit of editing will make that sound perfect. <laughs> and finally, on the Big Finish podcast, the war daughter begins. Comrades in Arms, A Mother's Love by Nogaflation, and starring, of course, Jonathan Carley.
Can he make it? Oh, don't ask pointless questions. You were shot multiple times and you're barely walking. I don't see how that's a pointless If question. I can't make it, then there's no point in asking. I can still walk so I can make it. There. Get the door. On it. Well, they're deployed. Internal battery at 75%. Get in! Quickly! Is this an actual TARDIS? It's too small! Emergency escape transport. Not very sturdy. Come on, come on, start! What's wrong? I can't seem to lock the coordinates. But then pick other ones, they're coming through! Yes, thank you, Kate. This is not at all distracting. Vecklin! I'm in. Coordinates locked. Where, where are we going? Haven! Shiny new field hospital everyone's been so excited about. Hello? Anyone home? Hello. Who's there? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to startle you. Welcome to Haven. I am the Medbay Operational Mainframe. You can call me Mom. Can I indeed? I received a distress call from this station. I'm sorry to hear that. Before we continue, may I carry out some security Is protocol? everyone all right? I'd be delighted to assist you in your query once we've been through some basic security protocols. I don't do protocols. I need to carry out a preliminary scan to determine the best course of treatment. And I don't need treatment. I'm glad. I still need to scan you. What if I say no? Unfortunately, in that case, we can only discuss your business here in the entry bay. To enter Haven without a scan, you'll need to be placed in quarantine until I can determine that you carry no harmful pathogens. I see. However, your statement of a distress signal coming from my station is, well, most distressing. I'd like to help you resolve it. Scan away, then. Thank you. Scanning in process. Please feel free to stretch your legs in the meantime. So, you run this place? I am the operating AI. The station belongs to the Gallifreyan war effort. I'm glad you've never had the reason to visit me before. How come? I rarely get visits that aren't related to urgent medical care. Scan completed. Welcome to Haven, Doctor. No, that's not my name. Refreshments will be served shortly. If you wouldn't mind following the lit path. As you wish. You know who I am? I'm equipped with data and reports from all Gallifreyan medical outposts. That's a lot of data. Thank you. I'm designed to provide the best medical care to any Time Lord or ally. It's crucial that I don't waste time asking trivial questions. For example, I detected a very mild vitamin C deficiency in your system. I took the liberty to add citrus fruit to today's refreshments. Oh. I presume you're not alone here. 
There are usually three Time Lord residents. My caretakers, Kayla and Corso, and- Dad? Speaking of- Dad? I saw a TARDIS appear in- Oh. Hello. Doctor, this is Runa. Runa, this is our guest, the Doctor. Is Dad not back from Gallifrey? Not yet. But you can say hello, Runa. Don't be rude. Sorry. Hello. Hello there. Are you really a doctor? It is something of an old name. It's not a very good one, then. Runa! What? It's a hospital. Can you imagine if someone called for a doctor and he'd show up? Only he's a doctor of... cheese or something. I'm sorry. It's quite all right. She's not wrong, actually. Runa is the caretaker's daughter. Both her parents are attending to matters off-station and left her in my care. Runa, be nice to our guest, please. It's nice to meet you, Runa. Nice to meet you, too. Are you injured? Uh, no, actually. I'm here because... The doctor is here to help me deal with my communication system. There seems to have been some sort of malfunction on my part. I'm responding to a signal. What kind of signal? I'm not sure. A glitch in my internal memory unit is unlikely, but not impossible. My primary attention will be required for a full maintenance check. I could prepare a retirement room for you in the meantime. I don't mind waiting here. It's no trouble. I'll let you know as soon as I'm done. May I show him around? My record replay shows you haven't finished your chronophysics lesson. I'm nearly done. Can't I finish after he leaves? Very well. Make sure you stay out of the maintenance shafts. I know. Follow me. I'll show you around. Are you a soldier? Uh, sorry? Mom only puts out fresh juice when soldiers arrive. She says you lot don't know how to feed yourself properly. So you're a soldier, right? For lack of a better term. When I'm older, I'm going to be a soldier. My parents want me to be a med specialist like them, but I'm going to join the academy and fly a war TARDIS. Ah, oh, you know. Of course. And if I regenerate, I'll make myself much taller, so I look like a proper warrior. Well... Through here. We're going to the observation deck. Current transportation unit has sustained heavy damage. Advise immediate emergency landing. Not really an option right now. We took some fire on the way out. And we don't have stabilizers. What do we do? Becklin. Becklin? Oh, no, 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 no. Come on, Becklin, wake up! I'm awake. Fine. The Time Lord is lying. You... Hey, talk to me. Where are we going? What is Haven? Field hospital. Fully automated, top of the line. Built to support the war effort. Partial veracity. What aren't you telling me? That internal voice of yours can really get on my nerves. Becklin! Watch it! The station scans all new arrivals to determine who they are and how to treat them. What's the pro... So, if it scans me... And recognises you as Dalek because of your augmentations, we might have a problem. Anything else you forgot to mention? I did struggle to lock in the coordinates. The station should make itself visible and available for any Time Lord in need. But I barely got through. To be frank, I don't know what's waiting for us there. Of course, none of it matters if we never make it. We will. What are you doing? Getting you to that hospital. Interface. Access denied. You're not compatible. It's all machinery and circuits. There has to be a way to... Access denied. Communication override failed. Target destination unreachable. Right then, I'll do it myself. We're all making it up as we go anyway. Ah, 
After this, I'm going to see much less aggro from you, Vecklin. No, don't die on me, Vecklin! The Time Lord is unconscious. Mortality probability, 75% and rising. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. That's fine. I got this. Oh, I got this! Manual interface recognized. Establishing neural bridge. Access override initiated. That's the observation deck. Look, you can see the Custerbron Borealis from here. Yes. Quite beautiful. Come on. Oh. This is where we have our meals. Sometimes we feed whole battalions here. Ooh. That's the pool. Through there is my room, and on the right, my dad's workshop. And over there, Medbot, watch out! Ah. That's some Medbot. <laughs> Mom says it's best to get out of their way. They're always in a rush. Much sturdier than the ones I've seen before. Slick design, hardened shell. Dad designed them. He built the bots, and my mom built Mom. Must get confusing. Uh, not really. I'm the only one who can call them both Mom. They always know who I mean. Runa, would you be so kind as to return to your room? I'm not finished. We have more pressing matters at the moment. But... Now. <sighs> Fine. It's not fair. Is there a problem? An emergency escape vessel is materialising in my bay. How can I help? I'm detecting life forms inside. I cannot complete the scan until the materialization sequence completes. We need to get them out! Stand back and cover your face. should do it. Please wait a moment for the carbon dial. Doctor! <coughs> I've got it! This isn't the protocol. I told you I'm not a fan of protocols! You need to get away from the pod. I've almost got it! I am detecting Dalek weaponry inside. Are you sure? Affirmative. You need to get back into the station immediately. What will you do? Once you are safely back inside, I will eject it into space. Oh! We made it! Get back! Case! We're out of time! No! Wait! She isn't a Dalek! My scanners say otherwise! Doctor? What are you doing here? Who's that voice? One question at a time. Medbay, there's no need for ejection. She's not a Dalek! Case, this is the Medbay Operation Mainframe. What is this thing? My name is Case. I'm a... well, I'm a... She's an ally. I'll vouch for her. Forget about me! We need to help Vecklin! Vecklin's with you? Yeah, she... We were attacked. She's hurt. Please. Uh, Medbay? Listen, my comrade, she needs your help. Injured Time Lord detected. That's what I've been trying to tell you. I'll get her. Stretcher deployed. I won't be a moment. Uh, come on. Becklin, hey, we made it. From the looks of it, it's a miracle you did. Please place the patient on the stretcher. On three, one, two, three. <coughs> she will need to be placed in a cradle pod to stabilize before surgery. I won't leave her. You will. You can wait for her inside after you've detached your mechanism. What? You 
seem to have a wire still attached to your escape vehicle. Uh, oh, um... I wasn't aware you could do that. Oh, me neither. My interface wasn't compatible like it was on the Dalek ship. We lost our stabilizers and... Uh, I think I need a moment to recharge. Whoa! You did well. You're safe. We have to stop meeting like this. Me hooked up to machinery and falling over. Yes, I suppose we do. Let's get you some food. You can tell me how you ended up in this situation. Where are you off to, Doctor? Whoa. This place is massive. You could fit a whole army in here. I believe that's the point. Strangely deserted, though. I think the canteen was through here. The canteen? Did you have any trouble docking? Aside from the pod being on fire? Yes. Well, Becklin did have some trouble locking on the location. When I tried to land, uh... What is it? Oh, it's hard to explain. My mind was in the machine. When I tried to land it here, it felt strange. Have you ever been in a room where you knew for a fact you aren't wanted? Once or twice. Yeah, it felt a bit like that. Is the AI watching everyone? Bit creepy. Not actively, I don't think. Not while her attention is elsewhere. You never told me what you're doing here. Neither did you. We were attacked. A cyborg. I'll need you to be a touch more specific than that. We were on an information gathering mission. A little more specific still. That's classified. Really? Yes, really. I'm an operative now. I can't go around spilling secrets. You are safe. There is no need to regenerate. No. Please, don't! Recovery grade engaged. I managed to postpone the regeneration cycle. Big finish for the love of stories.